And so when you structure your day around this type of flow, uh, what you find is just, you know, lots of things keep, keep bubbling up organically. And it's just, um, I've just found that I'm significantly more productive. I'd say I'm probably 10x more productive working this way than I, than I was when I was just creating to-do lists and just trying to plow through everything every day. Hey friend, so excited for this Portfolio Career Podcast with David Paziak. David and I have been friends for a few years. Every time after I talk to him, I'm often in deep reflection. And this conversation was no exception. David recently published his fourth book, The Flow of Innovation. It's a new framework for people and businesses to connect their internal self with their external self and work. You will hear him talk about empathy and gratitude in a very important and innovative way. You will learn about his daily flow practice for cultivating ideas and optimizing productivity, as he mentioned in this first initial clip. You also think about some of his principles related to visualizing your work and the customers that you wanna work for, solving their problems, and heroes that you also look up to as well. Speaking of exponential change and emerging technologies, David has been a global speaker on this topic. His views shared here on how a portfolio career has been helping him in his journey is truly fascinating. One of my favorite quotes from David is, you don't launch a project, but a project launches you. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with David. So David, uh, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? Uh, well, so hey, um, I'm David Pasiak. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm a former religion scholar who got into in interest in innovation. Uh, I went through. I, I'd say I have a career path that follows the typical portfolio career. I started off doing things that were really I was incredibly passionate about, uh, which was studying religion, studying world religions, studying things like the '60s counterculture, civil rights movement, these mass movements of of awakening. Uh, looking at meditation, uh, spirituality, comparative mysticism, all this type of stuff. Uh, and then I went from studying how communities and movements grow and spread to thinking about how to actually do those things online. Um, I, was in, I was at Princeton in a, in a PhD program in 2004, and that was when you know, MySpace and blogging was starting to, to come up, and then I ended up leaving and getting into that, and then I've gone on to uh, to write four books, uh, including my most my most recent book, uh, The Flow of Innovation. So it's been a kind of evolving path. Uh, but the the one thing that's that's always been most important to me is to to do the most virtuous thing, based upon the choices that you have in front of you. To constantly take uh, calculated risks in your life, uh, calculate a risk to, to push your career forward as well as to push your, your personal growth. And I think when, when you do that, when you follow your path, you end up finding the people and connecting with the people that you're supposed to and everything sort of flows together. Everything sort of flows together. That just was the perfect way to... <laughs> yeah. To, uh, there's a lot to talk about there, but that was a perfect way to talk, talk about, to lead into flow. Mm -hmm. But maybe maybe we could start off with the flow of innovation um, new book, and maybe w walk us through, you know, why you decided to write the book, your fourth book, and maybe like a little bit of the key principles behind it. Sure. 
So I, I started noticing this, this pattern, which was that uh, the, the people that we, that we call innovative are often talking about things like collaboration, sharing, authenticity, purpose. And when you really think about that, those are actually the things that we used to associate with traditional values, with core values, with the things that are sort of timeless wisdom. And so there's, there's this way in which I think we've kind of like, we've sort of like uh, flipped our values on, on their head where um, we become attached to these things that we consider uh, associated with business that are actually against sort of against our, our kind of core nature. And actually what you find is that when you're an authentic person, when you're vulnerable, when you have empathy, insight and gratitude, when you, when you, uh, embrace these traditional values, uh, you, there's, that's actually a way to accelerate building community to, to create cycles of innovation faster. So there's this kind of flow that ends up happening. Um, what I, what I found was, that um, you have things like, uh, you, you can think of the uh, flow as these sort of three different kind of interrelated parts. And you can think of the example, one of the examples I talk about is the Wizard of Oz. And so the Wizard of Oz, you have, you know, you have the lion, you have the tin man, and you have the scarecrow. And they're each lacking, you know, courage, and they're lacking a heart, and they're lacking a brain. And there's this kind of flow between, between the head, the heart, and the body. Um, and we, we relate to those characters uh, because those are different aspects of ourself. And so how that relates to, uh, to things like, like business, for example, uh, you can say that product development services, uh, they start with empathy. They start with this sort of under, really looking inside your heart and trying to understand what is a pain point that I'm trying to solve in the world, right? And then you go from... Uh, and then you build products and services to to address those particular pain points, uh, and then you move from from the heart to the head, uh, from empathy to to insight uh, through telling stories, and so that becomes your your marketing message. And what ends up happening is you're you're translating what you would call what I would call the functional and emotional benefits of your of your product. So a functional benefit would be. Uh, you know, this, this is solving a particular problem and the emotional benefit would be how I feel because of, because I'm doing that. Uh, and then the, the sale happens uh, when you move into gratitude and when you have courage to, to take action. Uh, and, and oftentimes uh, someone will make a sale uh, because they feel this sense of urgency in their gut that they need to take action right now. And so you can think of this kind of fluid relationship between uh, the heart, the head, and the body between empathy, insight, and gratitude, and how that relates to product, marketing, and sales. And so there's this kind of holistic flow uh, between all of those things. Um, now, why I think that's important is because, you know, we're entering this new world where, uh, you know, we're constantly bombarded with technology. There's lots of AI and automation coming. Uh, things are constantly um, you know, competing with our attention. And uh, the statistics are alarming in terms of people getting stress and burnout and um, feeling kind of overwhelmed. And so there's, there's a way in which you can connect these kind of cultivating different types of flow within yourself to the different flow of business to help manage the flow of your, of your entire day. Um, this also translates into 
uh, business and team environments. So, you know, everyone kind of intuitively understands that product teams and marketing teams and sales teams, for example, they all kind of flow differently in organizations. A lot of times they have a hard time communicating with one another. Um, so there's ways in which you can take the principles of flow to think of different communication dynamics and protocols between and across teams. Um, that helps people to collaborate better. Uh, it helps people, helps to create uh, a more um, nurturing and, and caring culture that's tolerant of, of failure, that looks at failure as an opportunity to grow. Um, and then all of that helps to create cycles of, of innovation um, that, that ultimately lead to, to more success with the company. And, and so it sounds, it sounds like you're uh, kind of suggesting that each person should be, each member of the company should be operating in this flow type of mindset with empathy, with gratitude, um, as opposed to call it the sales manager or the executive of the company, the CEO. It's almost this kind of synchronous, everybody is operating along these same types of principles and they're acting as if it's one shared mission and shared vision. Is that right? Yeah. And I think you, you also, um, you know, uh, there, there's this, there's a principle in, in leadership of, uh, they, they call it creating multipliers where you, you basically, you, um, you try and encourage and cultivate the best that you can out of your, out of your employees, out of your team members. You try to, to basically, um, uh, encourage them to and 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 trust their trust that they will be able to solve problems and to be able to take action um, and to get the best the best that you can out of them and I think when you create that type of supportive environment where there's empathy and insight and gratitude uh, people feel more comfortable to to express who they are they feel more comfortable to to act to their full capabilities uh, I think actually a lot of times what ends up happening is a lot of people will filter out their best their best ideas and filter out the best aspects of themselves because they're they're worried about being judged. They're worried that that someone's gonna you know gonna shoot them down or is gonna you know um, be be critical of them. And when you create that tolerant, supportive environment, uh, you you really get the the full kind of aspect of, of of who someone is, and they really flourish. And ultimately, they're happier to be there. Uh, they don't. They they feel like they're part of a community. They're part of a family when they go to work, and I think that's really important. Hmm. So a company feeling more like a community. That's uh, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty amazing if every if every company felt like that and every employee felt like they were part of the family. I love yeah. that. And and so I've noticed on 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 Facebook recently, you've had some. You know, you've been in flow mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what I think is you know extended periods of focus work, um, and the like, uh, maybe talk us through, you know, some, how, what, what flow looks like, you know, what is the deep work mm -hmm. type of, and so how, so somebody that's listening could, could, could know, take action. Well, on it. yeah, exactly. So one, one way to think about it is, so I, I talked about empathy, insight and, and gratitude, um, you can also, and I talked about how that might relate to, uh, you know, to product marketing and, and sales. There's, there's a way in which there are, um, there's, a, there's a different type of, of sort of energy flow or creative flow that happens in, 
in those different things. And so for, as I think about how that relates to my, my daily habits, for example, uh, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll do uh, a, a flow practice of some, some breathing exercises and some, uh, some yoga postures. Uh, and then I'll go into undistract, what I call undistracted deep work, which is basically I'm focusing on, on outputs. So I'm, uh, I'm not checking email, I'm not on social media, I'm, I'm really focusing on, on getting my most creative ideas, I'm focusing on cultivating insights and, and ideas and getting all of those things out. And I typically will do that for, uh, for about two or three hours in the morning. Um, there's also a way in which I think, uh, and I, I sort of mentioned this a bit earlier, a lot of times we, we filter out some of our best ideas and, uh, and we think that we have to, we think, for example, that we have to go directly to writing something and we act as if we're writing for an audience. And so a lot of times, even when people are sitting down and working by themselves, they're actually filtering out and quietly judging themselves because they've internalized this in their head. Uh, so one of the things that I'll do is I'll write in a journal and I'll do a lot of mind mapping exercises and I'll do a lot of kind of free flowing of ideas. Uh, and then I'll go back to that stuff later because writing and editing, creating and, and you know, uh, getting stuff out, getting your ideas out, and then doing the actual re refinement or, or editing or things for production or for an audience, are, those are two separate activities. Uh, so typically what I'll do is I'll, I'll do this kind of creative, free-flowing, deep work in the mornings. Uh, and then uh, I, I personally do intermittent fasting. So I'll have my first meal of the day. Uh, at uh, around noon, and then after that, I go into doing more more kind of busy work. So, I, if you think of this idea of going from the heart to the head, now in the afternoon, I'm going through and I'm refining things. I'm looking at the notes that I did in the morning, and I'm starting to to write them out, starting to create bulleted lists. I'm also doing a lot of, of research. Uh, so, what what ends up happening for me in terms of my creative flow and my outputs? is basically I've spent the morning just kind of getting all my most inspiring stuff that I'm super excited about, just getting it kind of out of my head and onto paper. And then in the afternoon, I'm going through and really refining it and testing it and creating a, a, a story around that. Uh, and then I'll, I'll typically do that for a few more hours. Uh, and then I'll, I'll stop my day and, and eat dinner. And then I take my evenings off. And so for my evenings, I just want to fill my head with inspiration and creativity. Uh, I'm currently in Thailand, so I'll, you know, I'll take a walk on the beach or you know, go, go swimming or you know, something like that. And so then I wake up fresh the next morning, and I'm excited to start my day again. And because I've gone from you know, the, the heart to the head to then just kind of enjoying myself, uh, I don't get burned out through the day. And what I found is that actually that type of flow, um, I think there, there are switching costs when you constantly go from doing one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And typically people would create these very long to-do lists and they'll just kind of try and plow through them through the day. It actually makes a lot more sense to batch certain types of activities together. And so before I'll go to bed at the end of the night, I can, I can kind of prime myself and think, okay, these are the things that I want to work on in the morning. 
Uh, sometimes I'll create a little list of things that I want to do in the morning so that then I don't have to think about it so much when I wake up. Um, but what I found is that when I'm batching things together and doing things, you know, certain types of super creative deep work for two or three hours and then the busy work and then I'm batching emails together and I'm spending certain amounts of time on social media, um, I find that I, I, one, I, one, I have more energy. Uh, I don't get burned out. Um, and when I go from one to the next, I'm, I'm excited. I, I feel like I've accomplished something in the morning and I can leave it until the next day. And then I can finish something in the afternoon. And at the end of the day, I feel uh, justified in being able to take the, day, take the, the evening off because I've, I've accomplished a lot during the day. Um, I think there's, there's this kind of this, um, there's this sort of hustler mentality of like, you know, I'm constantly hustling, I'm constantly doing this and that, um, you know, from, from Gary V. And I actually don't think that, um, I don't think that works. I think that if you are a creative entrepreneur, uh, if you're a creative person, if you really want to do visionary work, you need to give yourself time off. You need to give yourself structured time. And I actually, I often find that in the evenings when I'm walking around or taking time off, that's when my biggest ideas start coming to me. Um, I actually think our minds kind of work in the background. And so when you structure your day around this type of flow, uh, what you find is just, you know, lots of things keep, keep bubbling up organically. And it's just, um, I've just found that I'm significantly more productive. I'd say I'm probably 10x more productive working this way than I, than I was when I was just creating to-do lists and just trying to plow through everything every day. <laughs> um, wow. It's interesting about, I always feel like I have my best ideas when I'm going for a run yeah. um, or where I'm away from the computer, but transferring that. And then I try to put it into like my calendar or just put, put, you know, store it somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but well, you mentioned in the beginning of uh, kind of a a cycle or a theme to, to to your work, and talked also about AI and technology kind of affecting mm -hmm. the workplace and stuff. Um, and, and you kind of kicked it off and said you've had a, a typical kind of portfolio career approach, focusing on uh, growth and development. Want to maybe share a little bit more about that for maybe somebody that is working at a large corporation and is feeling burnout um, or yeah, just maybe some ways and ideas of how to uh, kind of follow the passion as you were talking about a little bit before. Sure. Uh, so one of the one of the practices that I teach, it's it's a visualization exercise. And so I, I would I would actually encourage people to do something like this. Um, and so you might use you might use um, Insight Timer as a good as a good free tool. Uh, where you can have, let's, you can set your timer, uh, insight timer, it's, it's a meditation timer. Um, we're actually built, we're actually going to be building uh, a, a flow app uh, next year. Um, but the, the basic idea is you, you meditate on, um, you can meditate and imagine that you are in a, in a room and you are talking to someone who uh, you are uniquely qualified to help. And so you can visualize in your head uh, this person telling you their problems 
and uh, and and visualize this this conversation that you're having with that person. Uh, and then I would encourage you to then after after that medit slow meditation, write that down. Uh, and then have and then meditate and imagine that that person has come back to you uh, a year later and their whole life has been transformed as a result of the work that they've been doing with you. And so what you what you start to do when you are visualizing a, a a particular pain point, and you can do this for all different types of things. I actually do this when if I'm trying to solve a particular problem, I'll imagine the suffering, then I'll imagine the suffering gone. What you do is you start creating this narrative arc in your in your head where you're going from problem to solution. And in the back of your mind, you're starting to think of, okay, what is what is the thing that I'm most passionate about doing? What is the thing that I really want to do? Um, if you if you meditate on that and then you write it out, then you can start to pull out of your writing um, to think of this. You know, I talked earlier about writing and editing being two separate things. You can start pulling out. Okay, these are the, these are the problems that I really want to solve in the world, and this is the impact that I want to have. And maybe the visualization of the people you're trying to help is different than the the job that you have right now. There's there's you know a lot of times people give this advice that you should follow your passion, you should follow your bliss, and I don't think you should do that. Um, I think that we find our purpose and meaning in life through serving other people. And so, and that's how you ultimately end up building a business. You know, I, I solve a problem for you and then I solve the same problem for another person. And then eventually I've, I've solved a thousand problems. And uh, basically the value created through those exchanges is how I make money and how I, I, I succeed. And so, so for people who are trapped in a job, um, I would think through, you know, uh, what is the problem that I want to solve? What is, what is the thing that I would be really, really excited to show up and someone's going to come to me and they're going to, they're going to have this particular pain point that they're struggling with and I'm, and I'm uniquely qualified to do it. Um, that's a really powerful thing. And if you wake up every day and all your work is solving problems with people that you care about, like that's a great way to spend your life. That's a great way to build a career. And I think when you think of AI and automation and technology and all these things coming, like there, there's, you know, there's this sort of scarcity mindset that we all have to kind of hold on to our jobs. And, and like there's, you know, that's sort of the old way of, of looking at things. Um, part of the reason why I went in the direction of doing this work on flow is I want to teach people, well, how, how, do, you, how do you solve problems and continue to adapt uh, in, in parallel with this technology, because the technology is not going away. So we have to think about how to be more authentic, how to have a more meaningful life, um, how to lead with purpose, and how do we coexist with technology. So it's not an either or type of, type of scenario. Um, and so that, I think, that advice relates to people who are in, um, you know, in a, in a corporate job, it also relates to people who are, you know, sort of going off on their own and, you know, maybe they want to become entrepreneurs. Um, it's, it's still the same thing. Um, one of the things I, I think is a, you know, there's this kind of cult of the entrepreneur idea that everyone should somehow be an entrepreneur. And um, I don't think that's, that's the best fit for everyone either. 
Um, you know, when you, when you imagine you, it could be that when you, for example, when you imagine the people you want to help, it could be that you're imagining being part of a team. So what is your role within that team? Um, you know, it's not, it's not like you have to go from being a, a quote unquote, a corporate slave to just being a, you know, an entrepreneur on your own. You know, maybe you just make a slight pivot or you go in a different direction. I think we need to get away from the binary, the binary either or thinking. A lot of times it's both. And I think that's part of a portfolio career, right? You know, a portfolio is you have all these different examples of things that you've done. Um, and it's, it's the diversity of those skill sets and your background and work that makes you a unique person. And then you map those unique skill sets and experience to the problems that you want to solve in the world. And then when you're uniquely qualified, then that feels good. And yeah. in the sense that you're solving that problem and then, you know, maybe it doesn't last forever. Uh, maybe it lasts for a year, but then through the visualization practice, then you're starting to think of new problems. I love that problem solution way of thinking on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, always kind of evolving as, you know, the world and technology is evolving and that makes, you know, our position and stuff evolve as well. Yeah, you can also visualize. So there's there's visualizing of um, of the problem you want to solve and your unique gifts. And then I would also I would also encourage people to to visualize heroes or archetypes or the people that they might want to be like in the future. Uh, and and I would I would actually encourage you to think about that as it relates to to the heart, the head, and the body, to, to empathy, insight, and gratitude or, or, or courage. Because I think what, what ends up happening with a lot of people is, I think most of us are typically good at one or two of these, of these areas. And we go through life and we, we rely heavily on one particular type of strength. So my, myself, for example, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fairly naturally empathetic person. Uh, I'm just a, I'm a kind of, I have a kind of gentle demeanor. Uh, and then I've also been, you know, somewhat of an intellectual from, you know, going to Princeton and all of that stuff. Uh, but the, the courage, the, the, the embodied stuff, that's actually something that I don't, that I would, I tended to kind of shy away from. Um, it's not something that I particularly enjoy doing. I don't like being the center of attention. Um, I was always kind of a skinny kid growing up and I skipped a grade and so I was terrible at athletics and I had this whole kind of complex around physical stuff. Um, and so when I looked at this system, and I looked at myself, I started reading these like leadership books by like Navy, ex-Navy SEALs guys and these people that are like totally different than me because I, I realized that there, were this, there was a certain, there's certain areas where I was kind of deficient in. And then, and I learned how to be more courageous. I learned, I, I taught myself different postures to, to, um, to increase my energy when I'm on stage. And, you know, 20 years ago, I couldn't have imagined getting in front of thousands of people. And I'll get in front of thousands of people and do keynotes. I'll do, I'll do all day workshops. I'll do stuff like that uh, because I built up to that. And so, you know, I would also encourage people to think through, um, who are the types of heroes? Who are the types of people that you want to be like? And really think through, you know, what are, what are their strengths? What are they particularly good at? And how can I model my life against them? Because we, we need, 
you know, we need to follow our hearts with the problem we're trying to solve. And we also need some type of vision of where we want to be in the future. And it's a mix of both of those things. You know, the world's constantly changing, but um, there's, there's, there's certain things that are, that are not changing. And I think we, we want to try and find a kind of compass around that. And so I, that's, that's another thing that I would, that I would encourage. Okay. So we talked about flow. We talked about visualization exercises. We talked about how not everybody has to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, how people could think about, you know, their strengths and, and, and also, you know, people, heroes like them that, uh, we talked about a bunch of things, David. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, is there anything else that you think we should talk about on this topic of portfolio career building and growing the portfolio career. You know, this is your fourth book, as you mentioned, speaking in front of large audiences, workshops, you know, um, being one of the early pioneers in digital nomading. And, um, is there anything else that you think that, uh, could be, uh, that you'd like to share? Uh, well, I, I'd like to share, I mean, in addition to, you know, I think you should check out, out the book. Um, if, if this stuff is, uh, if this stuff is resonating with you, if you're finding it, it interesting, uh, I'm going to be uh, doing some, some flow courses in, uh, starting in January of, of 2020. Uh, so teaching people how to, how to define their purpose, uh, how to, to, to tap into the flow of you know, empathy, insight, and gratitude, how that relates to product marketing and, and sales. Um, to think through how their inner work connects with their outer work and how they can actually uh, uh, flow through challenges throughout, throughout their day. Um, I would also add to that that one of the ways that I've, um, that I've structured my own life is I've realized that doing, um, doing strategic or tactical, doing strategic work where you're, where you're for example, creating courses or you're creating um, products or specific things that you're going to go on and sell. It's really hard to do that at the same time that you're doing client work and, and busy work. And so a lot of times you, you can break up your day and, and do that, but I would actually encourage people to think through, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work, I'm going to take maybe two weeks off and build out something that, that will scale. Um, you know, one of the important things about doing a, a portfolio career that, that I found is, um, so I, I typically, I'll break my stuff into modules of four. And so if I break things into modules of four, what that means is I can do something once a week for a month, and a, a month is a, good, is a good time for an engagement, or I can do two modules in the morning and two modules in the afternoon so I can do an intense workshop. Um, so there's ways in which I can start breaking, uh, I can have one core set of services or offers that can subsequently go into all these different types of, of things. And so I would encourage people um, to, to think through um, what are the benefits of working with you? What are the outputs? A lot of times when people are doing a portfolio career, they're thinking through what can I do? And they're not thinking through how does this benefit the person that I'm trying to serve? And ultimately what ends up happening is you you'll have a conversation with someone and you go through a long series of, of calls and proposals 
and it's better to just lay everything out in front of them from the beginning. So that would be the other piece of advice is when you think through this kind of holistic flow, you know, part of what I teach is like, this is what I'm, this is the problem I'm trying to solve. Uh, this is how it benefits you in a very practical way. Um, and then this is the impact and the subsequent value that it has to you. And so it, it kind of eliminates all the, all the guesswork. Mm, love that. Yeah. All right, David, thank you so much for your time. And please let listeners know where they can um, follow up uh, resources wise, uh, website and things like that. Yeah. So you can check me out at uh, passiac.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, David. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, David, for having me. This has been great. Hey, friend. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. I'm really excited for you to learn from this episode and would love to hear any thoughts from you and continue the conversation where I post this episode on many different social channels. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast for my weekly portfolio career podcast show and really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.